podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two-Footed Podcast. It is Thursday, the 18th of March, and we are brought to you by EPLindex.com in association with presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider that's a virtual privacy network. It allows you to go online, keep your data safe first and foremost, because that's the most important thing, but also change your location, access American Netflix, access Now TV from outside the UK, things of that nature. Check out LibertyShield.com. And use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland but shipping worldwide. Homeofhopcroft.co.uk. Right, folks, it is questions day. So I put the question out twice this morning uh, to try and catch a bigger group. And it seems we have done that. I think we have about 30 questions to get through. So we're going to fly through these as quickly as possible. Uh, apologies to anyone whose question I don't get to. It's not on purpose. It's just a time thing. Um, first up, Eddie Gibbs. You said yesterday that Dennis Irwin was the best ever Premier League fullback. How high does he rank compared to your non-PL favorite, Javier Zanetti? Um, I would say Dennis Irwin is in the top five fullbacks I've ever seen. I would go Maldini, Zanetti, Turam. He's a better defender than Cafu or Carlos, not as good going forward, but maybe a better all-round player without the hype. I would say he's top five of fullbacks I've ever seen as an all-rounder. Won't have the, the spectacular highlight reel, won't have the hype, but as a as a ball, a ball player... Just a fantastic defender. Could play either side. Could play in midfield. Good passer. Great crosser. Good set pieces. Ice cold from the penalty spot. Rarely gave the ball away. Could literally pocket any winger in the world. Um, Dennis Irwin just, I mean, consistency. Eight out of ten every single week. Some others will give you nine, 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 five. Dennis Irwin will just be eight out of ten, eight out of ten every single week. So yeah, Dennis Irwin for me is a top five fullback that I've that I have seen, um, and I also put Ashley Cole in that top five group as well. Again, ahead of Carlos and Cafu, they were they were better overall footballers in terms of what they could bring going forward and you know on the ball, but defensively, Irwin and Cole were just were brilliant. Uh, football scribblers asks based on. Simply the quality of players in the leagues. How would you rank the top five leagues? Um, I think the Premier League would be first. I'd be inclined to go Serie A second. I 
the Bundesliga third, La Liga fourth, and uh, League One fifth. Now, the French League obviously produces a hell of a lot of talent, but tends to lose it quite quickly. I, that's what I would say. I would I would say Premier League, Serie A, Bundesliga, La Liga, and Ligue 1. Um Alex Wilson, as a well-traveled man, if you could play for any team in the world, regardless of the quality team, quality of the team, but purely based on the location, what team would you choose? For me, it would be either Como or Bologna. Como would be high up there. I think you'd have a tough time overlooking Nice, though. Down in the French Riviera, I think that would be a, a joyous place uh, to live and, and enjoy life. You know, you'd have a nice bit of money to hang around. Uh, Monaco would be another one that would be worth considering. Um, let me think. I, I love Budapest, so Ujpest would be up there. Um, oh, yeah, I think I'd go Nice. I think I'd go Nice, but definitely Fiorentina would be worth consideration. But then, it, to be fair... If if I was looking at Italy, I'd probably go Genoa because I I love I love Genoa. I think it's an amazing city. Como you mentioned because the lake. I, I'd go Nice for similar reasons, just that the the lifestyle you'd have there. But Genoa and Fiorentina would be worth consideration as well. Um, Harry Fuller KS. I asked about Wolves maybe two weeks ago. If West Ham found themselves in the Champions League group stage, how do they go about trying to maintain European football? Any ideal players they should sign? So, if we consider that Moyes is playing 4-2-3-1, I think the first obvious upgrade is a goalkeeper. I like Rajkovic from uh, Stad Reim. I think he would fit really well in there. I think he could pretty much fit into most Premier League teams. Um, because he can be both that old style goalkeeper and also he's good with his feet. So Rajkovic would be one. I think a centre back is definitely needed. If you've got Champions League money, it depends who you want to partner with them. I mean, I think Issa Diop is the best defender, the, the best centre back they have. From a defensive point of view, though. Ogbon is probably still slightly better, but I'd still want them to partner Issa Diop. So if I'm looking for someone that's largely left-sided, more of a sweeper type to let him go and be that kind of aggressive ball winner. I really like Manuel Akanji at at Dortmund. He just doesn't stay fit enough. That's kind of the big knock on him. I mean, I suppose if you're looking for David Moyes' ideal centre-back, it's probably Lewis Dunk. But again, he's more front-footed than... Do you know what? James Tarkovsky. I think James Tarkovsky and Diop would actually pair really well. Because I think Tarkovsky would prefer to be that kind of more reserved sweeper-type centre-back than how he plays at Burnley. 
because they play such a deep line. I, I'd go Tarkovsky, Rashkovich, Tarkovsky, and I think they need a nine, and I would go Pats and Daka. I think you need just someone who's going to score you goals, and I think that would be him. Um, MTUSA08. Thoughts on Yunus Musa choosing to represent USA over England and others? I think it's massive for the USA. I think it's absolutely massive. I think he is a tremendous talent. I think the USA are building a, a really, really talented group of players um, with him, with Pulisic, obviously Gio Reyna. I still think Timothy Weah, I think he needs a move away from Lille, but I think he's still a very talented player. Um, I like what I've seen of um, Tyler Adams, obviously. Uh, Weston McKenney's very, very good. That Zach Steffen at Man City looks a solid goalkeeper. Um, don't know that he'll be spectacular, but maybe he could be like the new Casey Keller level. Um, centre-back is the one issue they have. I mean, I, I like Serginio Dest. I like Anthony Robinson. I just don't... Now, I, again, this could be ignorance on my part. I don't see any potentially elite-level centre-backs. That would be the one knock I'd have there. Um, I think, you know, McKenney, Adams and Musa, if that's your midfield three, and apologies if I've missed out an obvious name there, that's just the three that I'm more aware of. And then, say, Pulisic and Reyna, either side of a of a goal scorer. There's obviously young Hopper, who's come through at, at Schalke and is banging in goals for them, or, you know, to, to the extent you can bang in goals in such a crap team. Um, I mean, Josie Altador is still knocking around 115 caps, so he, you know you'd, you'd figure he'll be in the mix. There's a lot of young players here that I don't know, um, but again, a lot of young players. So you've got you know, uh, Jesus Ferreira, uh, Efran Alvarez, Ulysses Lanes, Conrad De La Fuente. These are that De La Fuente kid is meant to be very, very talented. He's at Barcelona. There's a lot of very talented players in the group. That's the one thing to note. And it's a very young squad. So the hope would be that they continue to develop and, you know, and build on what they have. Um, Isn't there a... Am I wrong to think there's an American kid at Bayern Munich? I could be wrong, but I think Richards is his name. I could be completely wrong with that, but he's meant to be very, very talented as well. Um, I, I think Musa, though, is a big, big signing, a big, big get, because obviously he could have played for England. I think England losing out on him. Oh, Chris Richards. That's him. He's a centre-back, to my knowledge, and he's highly rated. He's on loan at Hoffenheim at the minute. Um, so maybe he can be one of the centre-backs moving forward. Anyway, yeah, I, I think Moose is a, a really good get. I think it's it's huge for America, and I think there's a really talented group getting built there. Uh, David Dupree's, I think Atletico have the best squad in La Liga this term. If they were playing attacking football specifically, do you think they would have had a higher points total? Um, I don't agree that they have the best squad, if I'm being honest. If we look at their squad, I think there's quite a few weak players in the group. They've got a great goalkeeper, obviously, in Jan Oblak. But I wouldn't be a, a Kieran Trippier fan at all, if I'm being honest. I think he's I think he's very, very average. 
Um, Jose Jimenez, I think, is a really good centre-back, but he is frequently injured. Renan Lodi still a, quite a young, inexperienced left-back who I don't think Simeone fully trusts. Wouldn't be a big fan of Stefan Savage. Wouldn't be a fan of Felipe. Uh, Hermoso is good, but I think he's a squad player. I think he's a third centre-back. I think if he's your third centre-back, you're very, very happy if you're a, a top club. Uh, Rosalco never became close to the player he should have been. Um, defensively, they have one player. I, they have two players I'd be happy to start. Jimenez, but the injuries, and Lodi. That would be it. I'd still want a right-back and a centre-back. In midfield, I do like the group. They lost Thomas Partey, obviously. They brought in Kondogbia. He's good. He's inconsistent. I wouldn't be the biggest fan of what he's become. When he was younger, I thought he had a really, really long runway to become a, a top player. Um, I think he became a good player and sort of stagnated at that. Uh, Koke, I like. Saul, I love. I think he's, I think he's world class. Lamar, I, I very much like. Uh, Lorente, he's had a really good season. I'm not a big fan. I, he wouldn't be the type of midfielder that I like. Um, Hector Herrera, good squad player, nothing more. Vitolo, waste of a shirt. Yannick Carrasca is far more interested in you know trimming his beard and combing his hair and making money than he is playing football. Um, so you know I I'd, I'd be starting Lamar and Saul. I'd love Koke as my fifth midfielder, uh, but again I'd want two midfielders. And then up front, yeah, you've got you've got good options. You've got. Suarez, you've got Joe Felix, you've got Angel Correa, you've got uh, Moussa Dembele that they brought in in January. So I do love their front four, um, and you'd be more than happy with that. But of their starters, of their of the rest of the squad, I I still think they're four starters short of having a really good team. I still think they need a right back, a centre back. I think they need a box-to-box, a better replacement for Thomas Partey. It's what they what they should have got. And I, you know, they they went for Kondogbia because it was so late in the window. Um, and I, I'd want someone on the opposite wing to um, to uh, sorry to Thomas Lamar. That's that's what I'd want. So I'd want I'd want four four more. Um, no, I don't necessarily think they will be doing better off in the league and like it's not like they've been uber defensive they've got the second best attack in the league this year they've scored more goals than Real Madrid um they had a COVID outbreak about six weeks ago which kind of coincided with this little dip in form they've had um you know they went through the first 21 games of the season losing one and drawing three and in the last Six, they've lost one and drawn three, but I, I still think they'll turn it around. They have nothing else to focus on now. It is league or bust because they're out of the Champions League. Um, I think they'll win the title, and I think I think this could be his last season there. I think if they win the title, I think Simeone might be inclined to just say thank you and goodbye. Um. Right. Uh, 
loser underscore 70. You've been a bit harsh on yourself, pal. Uh, greatest 11 from 99 to 09 and 09 to 2019. Right, let's let's work with 09 to 2019. Um, David De Gea goal. I think Trent is the no-brain pick at right back. I think Andy Roberts... No, Ashley Cole. Oh. Do you know what? It's not. It's Aspie Lequette at right back. Fair is fair. It has to be Aspie. Um, he's just been there for the the whole decade. Uh, left back. I'd be inclined to still go Ashley Cole, I think. Uh, just check in terms of dates. Because it's him or it's Evra, really. Do you know what? We'll go Evra. Um, centre-backs are company and Virgil. There's, there's just no nobody else really in the mix for that. Uh, in midfield, I think you go Kante, Yaya, David Silva has to be there. You put Salah on the opposite wing. I don't think you can deny him. Aguero. It should be Harry Kane, but I'm going with Suarez because he's the best player of that era. But Harry Kane, based on longevity should definitely be in over Suarez, but he, he hasn't hit the same level that Suarez hit for 18 months at Liverpool. Um, so yeah, De Gea, Aspilicueta, Company, Virgil, Evra, Salah, Kante, Yaya, Silva, Aguero, and Suarez. Uh, the decade before is a little bit more difficult, but the goalkeeper would be Peter Cech. The centre-backs would be Carvalho and Campbell. Uh, Ashley Cole is definitely the left-back for this era. Um, Right-back, I think you'd have to go Gary Neville, and it's more due to a lack of other good good right-backs than anything else. In midfield, I mean, it's Keenan Vieira. With Gerrard as a 10 in front of them. Cristiano has to be on a wing, so we put him on the left wing. Henri is the striker. Um... And I I would go with Robert Perez personally. So I've got Czech, Neville, Carvalho, Campbell, Cole, Keane, Vieira, Perez, Gerard, Cristiano, Henri. I'm trying to decide if I actually like that or not. Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm going to do a little bit of... This is a little bit biased. Well, it's not really because I'm not putting Liverpool player in. But I'm putting Gerard on the right wing, dropping Bobby Perez, and I'm putting Dennis Burkamp 
just off Thierry Henry. So, Czech, Neville, Carvalho, Campbell, Cole, Gerard, Vieira, Keane, Cristiano, Burkamp and Henry. And I think the 09, sorry, the, the 99-09 team would beat the uh, the later team. That's that's just my view on that. Um, YNWA foodie, who would you prefer at Liverpool out of Joe Felix and Jaden Sancho? I would prefer uh, Joe Felix personally. Now that is, again, that is very much a personal preference because I just think Felix off Salah in a two Felix as a false nine with Salah and Mane either side. Felix as a 10 behind Salah and a striker gives you a little bit more flexibility. And I love Jaden Sancho. I could watch Jaden Sancho play all day long, but I, I would go for Joe Felix personally. Um, Garrett Southgate, sorry, I've just caught sight of some of Garrett Southgate's comments. Um, and he's an absolute clown. Garrett Southgate is a clown. Um, right, back to the questions. Um, Gum Gum Pistol wants to know if I can bring back a certain award I used to give out um, on the Anfield Index podcast. And I, I may well consider it, but I will have to change the name of it uh, to make it a little bit more uh, fan, family friendly, shall we say. Uh, but yes, there is there is an award coming back. Don't worry, there is an award coming back um, to honour you know people doing stupid things. For example, to the two writers from the Athletic who suggested that England should pick Tom Heaton in the squad uh, because Jordan Pickford was injured, they wanted Tom Heaton to get the shout as the third-choice goalkeeper. That is the same Tom Heaton who got injured on January 1st of 2020 and to date has not played a game of football since. 15 and a half months without a game at senior level and the lads want him in the England squad. Clowns. Clowns. Um, right. Bernard Head Strickland wants to know, does asking for questions work better when Bernie's asking for questions? How could you say no to that man standing there freezing in his anorak, pleading for your help? Um, Niall Purcell asks, should Ginny Wijnaldum be Liverpool captain or play as regularly if he is leaving? Yeah, I think he should. Um, look, it's, it's quite clear Jurgen Klopp has never really cared about captaincies. I mean, he he's never changed a captain in his life. He just takes over who he inherits, who he inherits, and goes with it. Sebastian Keel was captain of Dortmund when he wasn't getting in the team. Uh, Jordan Henderson will remain captain of Liverpool when he's not getting in the team. Ginny Wijnaldum was voted as the fourth captain of the squad by the squad, and he is going to play pretty much every game because he's always fit and Klopp trusts him. And you know he, the others that are there, Ginny or Naby. Thiago, they're injury-prone players, so you can't play them every game. With Henderson injury-prone as well, uh, you can't rely on him, you can't rely on Milner, you can't rely on Oxlade-Chamberlain. Ginny is the one you can rely on. So, yeah, he should be playing as regularly. 
And, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with him being captain. Look, Emery Chan would have played every game up until the day he left if he hadn't hurt his back. So Klopp doesn't really, um, doesn't tend to really care. As long as they're committed while they're there, that's all he really matters, all, all he really concerns himself with. Um, Pep137 asks, where, in your opinion, did Simeone get it wrong over the two legs, the first leg? Uh, by being so negative in the first leg. Chelsea were there to be attacked in that first leg by playing the way they did and basically ceding all possession and territory to Chelsea. They kind of gifted that game to Chelsea and then it was an easier an easier outing for Tuchel in the second leg. Uh, credit to Thomas Tuchel. And if you needed proof that getting rid of Frank Lampard and bringing in Thomas Tuchel was the right decision. There you have it. Simeone would have embarrassed Lampard over two legs. Embarrassed him. Um, and to the Celtic fans, by the way, who are, you know, claiming that Frank Lampard would be a great appointment. No. Absolutely not. These are the same people who are saying, who's Jesse Marsh? Never heard of him. Jesse Marsh is infinitely better and more qualified to coach Celtic than Frank Lampard is. Um, Raj Chohan asks Juventus knocked out in the last 16 the last two seasons in a row by Leon and Porto Inter knocked out of the group stages three seasons in a row Atlanta the only Italian team in the last eight last season no Italian teams in the last eight this season is Serie A in decline I would say no I don't think Serie A is on decline I think Juventus are on the decline. I think Napoli have declined. But Inter Milan are getting better. AC Milan are getting better. Roma are getting better. I think Lazio are getting better. Atalanta have gotten better. I think Serie A, on the whole, has improved. But the two sort of leading lights for a number of years, Juve, obviously, and Napoli, they have definitely declined. In terms of the failures in Europe, Inter just don't have the squad to compete on two fronts. Simple as that. Uh, I don't think Atalanta really do either. I think that's kind of where the issue for Italian clubs lies. They don't have enough quality to really compete in Europe as well as domestically. And domestically, that has to be the focus at the moment. So, no, I don't think that Serie A is declining. I think Juve have, are declining and Napoli have declined. Um, Dean Simmons, likely impact of the Redbird investment in FSG on Liverpool, if any. I don't think... I don't think there will be um, a big impact, if I'm honest. I think what's more likely to happen is we see Fenway Sports Group expand their portfolio... Now, that may mean they buy into a couple of European clubs, similar to the City Football Group. That could have an impact on Liverpool down the line. But in the short term, I don't think there will be a, any real impact. Maybe a little bit more money gets made available, but it will be, you know, it will be a small amount. It won't be a thing where they just start dropping 100 million here and 100 million there. Um, Chris Jennings asks, who's the best non-Irish-born player to play for Ireland. Uh, I would say that Mark Lawrenson is probably 
Mark Lawrence is probably up there. Um, and Paul McGrath was born in England, but kind of grew up in Ireland. So, yeah, I mean, Paul McGrath. Hmm. Paul McGrath is, the, is, the, is definitely the answer. Paul McGrath is def- definitely the best non-Irish born player, but then, you know, he was born to an Irish mother. Um, and he did, you know, make his breakthrough in Ireland, came back and grew up here. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll go Paul McGrath, but Mark Lawrence and of the other variety, you know, like the type that hadn't seen Ireland, um, prior to, you know, getting his call up to the national team, Mark Lawrence would be the best of those. Um, Jay Reed, 1890, I've butchered it again. Again, Jay, I'm really sorry. It's Jay Reed, 1987, the year he was born. The 1897 is just something I've got stuck in my head for some reason. Jay Reed, 1987. What does Thomas Tuchel need to do to make Chelsea real contenders for the title? Um, I think he needs to stick to a formation, which is what he looks like he's doing with the 3-4-3. Continue to develop patterns of play. Continue to develop defensive structure and an attacking identity. I think he needs to take focus on the young players at the club. I think the likes of Havertz, Werner, Pulisic, Tammy Abraham, if he sticks around, Hudson-Odoi, Reese James, Ben Chilwell. I know they bought Chilwell, but he's still a young player. Mason Mount. I think they need to become a big, big part of the squad, if not the team. But he needs to make sure that whatever way they're playing, all of those players fit into what they're doing. Tuchel's very flexible tactically. He's not just going to come with one set of ideas and that's it. If you don't fit in, out you go. He will make things work. I think he needs to avoid the trappings of previous Chelsea managers, which is when something's not working properly, spend money to fix it. I think there's other ways and better ways to do it, more sustainable ways that will fix the problem long term and not just short term. Definitely needs to address the defensive side of things. The system is working well. Upgrade on the individuals and you'll be golden. The Tamori deal, if AC Milan aren't willing to pay that money for him, make sure you get him back. Tamori can be a big part of their back three. I think Christensen can be as well, but he's going to need to be kind of edged along because he's had quite a bad time at Chelsea in terms of chopping and changing and managers making him promises and then breaking them. You need a left-footed centre-back that's got to be priority to give yourself a bit of balance in that back three. And up front, you need to figure out what your best combination is and you need to give them a run of game. So if it is going to be Hudson-Odoi on the right, Havertz as the false nine, and Werner on the left, if that's what you want, or it's Pulisic um, with with Havertz and, and Werner, whatever it is, Play it, stick with it, let them develop together. Don't just chop and change. Don't just panic and go out in the summer and try and throw a load of money at more attacking talent that's going to come in and get wasted. Now, uh, Tuchel, to his credit, won't waste a bunch of money. He won't be like Frank. I don't think they'll buy anybody he doesn't want. So I think it's an easy enough path. I still think he needs a holding midfielder who's going to play with Kante or with Kovacic or with 
Mount as a sitter. Someone who does some of the same stuff as Jorginho, but just a much better defensive mind. You know, I know that there's been a lot of Declan Rice talk, but I mean, if they could get a Declan Rice type or an Yves Basima, that type of player would be ideal. Left-footed centre-back. And I think you're good to go. I really do. I think you've got enough talent elsewhere. The goalkeeper situation needs to be addressed, but like, let's continue to work with Kepa, see what you have with him. You're not going to find a buyer for him at the moment. The only thing I could think of is that, you know, you maybe agree a, a pre-contract or something with um, with Donnarumma, and then maybe you go to Milan and say, look, here's the situation. We've agreed a pre-contract with Donnarumma. You don't want to lose him for nothing. How about we work a deal where you sign Donnarumma to a one-year contract and we'll swap Kepa for him. And we get we just get off Kepa, get off that big contract. Milan get a goalkeeper, a talented goalkeeper that maybe they can fix and get back to something resembling his best form. Chelsea get a new goalkeeper in Donnarumma. Mendy, for me, having a good season, still too many flaws in this game, still makes errors. Even last night, a couple of shaky moments. He wouldn't be for me. I'd be looking for a better goalkeeper. Was he a goalkeeper, a left-footed centre-back, and a holding midfielder? To me, get that spine right, and the rest will fall into place. Um, Mikel Campbell, what's your best South American eleven of ex-players, excluding Brazilians and Argentines? Oh, I do like that. Oh, I do like that. Right, this is going to take the pen and the the notepad. So, give me a second. Since it's my favorite, it doesn't necessarily have to be the best eleven. It can just be my favorite eleven. So, there's no question that the goalkeeper for me is Jose Luis Chilivert. He was absolutely ridiculously good. Um. Diego Godin is a shoe-in as a centre-back. Is it half the ex-players? Wait, sorry. Oh, ex-players. Okay, that makes it a bit more difficult. Do you know what? We'll come back to this. Uh, Theo Saki asks, thoughts on this? Big moment in Belgian football. As 25 professional clubs vote in favour of a Benelieg, a merger with the Eredivisie. Interesting. Yeah, I saw something about this. I haven't listened to it yet, but I saw The Price of Football mention this um, in their kind of little blurb for their podcast for today. So I haven't actually listened to that yet, but it's going to be a merger between the... Belgian League and the Eredivisie. So we'll get Anderlecht, Club Bruges, Standard Liège, in with the likes of Ajax and PSV and um, Feyenoord. So I'd imagine this is going to financially benefit everybody because their TV deal's not huge. Sorry, either of their TV deals aren't huge, but I think there could be quite a bit of interest in a combined league So that should be very good. I'm in favor of this. I, I think that this benefits everybody. Um, I'd be curious to know how it's going to work below the top divisions. So is this a thing where, you know, say the top two or three divisions are 
uh, are brought together. And um, you've got like, you know, your Benny League, your Benny League 2, Benny League 3. And then below that, it's just back to being regional. So Belgian teams in Belgium, Dutch teams in, in Holland. Or is this going to be uh, just the top league and then they figure it out below that? But um, yeah, I think this is really good. I do. I think this is beneficial. Um, Guy, throw to an ad break. And when we come back, we'll get this team done. Right, welcome back. Uh, before the break, I had the question from Mikel Campbell. What is your best South American 11 of ex-players, excluding Brazilians and Argentines? So ex-players threw me a little bit and uh, had to do a little bit of research. But, right, I've put together a team that I'm very, very happy with. So, uh, in goal, Jose Luis Chilever, 74 caps for Paraguay, uh, 8 goals, scored 36 goals in his time at Vela Sarsfield. Uh, would score free kicks, penalties, didn't care. Great goalkeeper. One best goalkeeper in the world three times, I believe, back in the 90s. He was top, top player um, for, you know, for Sarsfield with Saragossa, uh, with San Lorenzo and with Strasbourg. So, yeah, uh, Chilever would be the goalkeeper. At right back, I've gone for Ivan Cordoba, uh, Chilean. Sorry, no, Colombian. 73 caps for Colombia. Best known probably for his time at Inter Milan. Spent 12 years there. Um, 5'8", could play anywhere across the back line. Really, really good defender. Quite similar to Roberto Ayala uh, in that kind of small and springy, but very, very tough. Uh, Left back, I've gone for Paolo Montero. 61 Uruguayan caps. Known as one of the the hardest, dirtiest players in Serie A. Uh, Was at Penarol, Atalanta, Juventus, San Lorenzo, and Penarol. Tough, tough player. Really good defender. Centre-back or left-back? I've got him in at left-back. For me, an absolute no-brainer. At centre-back, I've gone for Diego Lugano um, of Juventus. Sorry, of Juventus. Of Uruguay. Uh, 95 Uruguayan caps. Played for Sao Paulo, Fenerbahce, Paris Saint-Germain. Spent a big portion of his career, you know, with with uh, with Fenerbahce. Was once on loan, I think, at West Brom. Played like nine or ten games. Didn't go very well, but that was sort of when he was well past his best. Spent a little bit too long um, in South America. Didn't appear in Europe till he was 26. But a, a very, very good defender. A very, very tough defender. And Mario Yepes of Colombia next to him. 102 caps for Colombia. Played for River Plate, Nantes, PSG. Um, very, very good. And, uh, yeah, definitely someone that you would want in your team. I think that back four uh, won't do a whole lot of attacking, but will do all of the defending necessary. And uh, if you if you score a goal, you probably end up having to take a trip to the hospital. Um, in front of them will go Carlos Valderrama. I think that's an obvious one. Um just an incredibly flamboyant player. Everyone knows about the hair. Great passer the ball. Great dribbler. Super, super talented player. Part of that Colombian team that, you know, disappointed at the 94 World Cup when they'd been one of the favorites to win it and things like that. 111 caps. 
for Colombia, 11 goals. You know, a bit of a journeyman career, played all over. But, um, yeah, a great player. I think absolutely deserving of a spot. Next to him, his partner in crime for the Colombian team, Lionel Alvarez, uh, won 101 caps for the national team over that same period as Valderrama. Two of them together were formidable. Valderrama was great on the ball. This guy, just an incredible defensive midfielder, brilliant ball winner, tough as nails, and um, like the back four, if you if you get past him, you're probably not you know, you're probably not finish, finishing the game. Uh, that's probably going to be it for you. Um, going four two three one. So the three behind the striker, uh, old Uruguayan off the right, Alvaro Recoba. Uh, Sixty eight games for Uruguay. Best known for his time at Inter Milan and loans to uh, Venezia and Torino. Probably never quite made the most of his talent, but one of the best free kick takers you'll ever see. Such a fun player to watch. Uh, Super, super talented. Alvaro Recoba in on the right. On the left, someone who I do think maximized their talent but didn't play nearly enough for the national team. Daniel Fonseca. Only 30 caps for Uruguay, and he was brilliant in Serie A through the 90s with Cagliari, Napoli, Roma, and then Juve, uh, but somehow only 30 caps for the national team, was part of the team that won the Copa America in 95, which is kind of the first real exposure I had to uh, to the Uruguayan team. I didn't really remember them from the 1990 World Cup, but 95, uh, him and Francesca Lee, that brilliant team. Those games used to be on TV in Ireland at like bananas o'clock in the morning. And I used to get up and watch them. So, um, yeah, uh, Daniel Fonseca on the left. He is now a very successful uh, agent who represents Luis Suarez, Fernando Mosleri and Martin Casero. So congrats to him. Always a favorite of mine. The number 10 I just mentioned, Enzo Francescoli, maybe the best Uruguayan player until Suarez, uh, 73 caps for the national team. Again, probably spent a little bit too much of his career in South America, but you know it wasn't as common to move as early at the time. But played for Marseille, Cagliari, Torino, um, RC Paris, and you know a couple of spells that were played. One of the all-time great uh, number tens, known as El Flaco for his you know long, sl- slender build. Um, just a, a great player. And I believe the hero of Zinedine Zidane. If I'm not mistaken, that is why Zidane's son is named Enzo, was after Francesco. I'd, I'd need to check that. But I'm fairly certain I'm correct on that. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, the qualities would later influence uh, Zinedine Zidane, who named his son Enzo and Ahmed. Yeah, that's perfect. So, yeah, if he's good enough for Zidane, he's good enough for me. And then up front, um, the only Chilean to make the team, Zamorano, very, very close. Obviously, loved Zamorano from when he was at uh, Real Madrid and then and then uh, into Milan. But Marcelo Salas uh, loved him, absolutely loved him. Universidad de Chile. I remember reading about him in World Soccer magazine when he was still there, and he'd scored a couple of goals against Colo Colo, which was like the big derby in Chile. Um, he went to River Plate, tore it up there, went to Lazio, was part of that great Lazio team that won the title. 
would go on to Juve and then his career did sort of, you know, take a bit of a dip, but went to River Plate on loan and then back home and continued to score goals right up until he retired in 2008. 70 caps for the national team. Um, a, a great player. So, yeah, Chilivert, Cordoba, Lugano, Yepes, Montero, Valderrama, Alvarez, Recoba, Francescoli, Fonseca, and Salas. That would be my team of South Americans not including anyone from Brazil or Argentina. And I think there is one more question here. It is from, if I'm not mistaken, it's from Owen Hurley. Uh, let me just grab that question up again. This is, for, this is working very slowly today. Uh, yes, here it is. Owen Hurley at Tweets from the Bog. Premier League era Northern Eleven versus Southern Eleven. Uh, in cases like Robin van Persie, I'd say he's more Arsenal than United, as would I. And Paul McGrath is a tricky one. Was in the PL era, one player of the year, but only in it for a couple of years, our villa in the north or the south. I think I made the distinction before that they would be in the north. Because I think if you look at the Premier League teams, if I'm not mistaken, of the four Midlands teams or five Midlands teams, they are more northerly. No, they're not. They're in the south. That is my mistake. They would be considered southern. So it would be West Brom and Villa in the south and Leicester and Wolves in the north would be my way of looking at that. Um... Right, again, let's get the pen and piece of paper out. So, um, best Premier League goalkeeper from the north is Peter Schmeichel. I don't think that's open for debate. Um, Best Premier League keeper from the south. I mean, David Seaman or Peter Cech. I think it's Peter Cech. If I'm being honest, I do think it's Peter Cech. Um... Right, fullbacks from the north. Dennis Irwin is a no-brainer, as is Ashley Cole for the south. I'll go Cole. I think Cole and Aspilicueta are the fullbacks for the south. The centre-backs for the south. If Paul McGrath is in the south, then it is Paul McGrath. And I'm going... Now... I've always said it's Carvalho and Campbell because they played for longer, but McGrath is the best. If we're just going by the best, it's McGrath and it's Adams. That's the two best who played there. Um, Midfield, Vieira is obviously in. I think Burkamp and Henri have to be in up front. Um, Hazard is probably Hazard and Perez as the wingers I can't think of anyone in the 90s that from a southern club that would be worthy of getting in like you know Merson, Limpar those kind of guys were Limpar was kind of gone by this time the Premier League really kicked off. 
Merson, no. I mean, Ginola played for Villa and Spurs, but he was probably best known for his time at Newcastle. Even I think he won his Player of the Year when he came south. Um, I think it's I think it's Perez and it's Hazard to be honest. Can't leave Frank Lampard out. Can't leave Frank Lampard out. I'm going to put Hazard in a front three with Burkamp and Henri. I'm going to leave out Perez. I'm going to play Lampard, Vieira, I think it's Michael Essien. I do. I think it's my. I think Essien's the only one who ever had the potential to get into that Keen Vieira debate. Um, you know, I mean, Paolo De Canio is worth consideration. I mean, Klinsman was obviously incredible, but I don't think he was of the level of of Burkamp or Audrey. Um, Fulham. This, I mean, no, Palace, no. Aspilicueta, Adams, McGrath, Cole, Vieira, Essie, and Lampard, Hazard, Burkamp, Henry. Check and goal. Check Aspie, Adams, McGrath, Cole, Vieira, Essie, and Lampard, Hazard, Burkamp, Henry. I am happy with that. I mean, None of the caps are Carvalho and, Ca- and Campbell. Over the Premier League era, probably the two. But of the best who were still playing in the Premier League, it's it's definitely it's Adams and McGrath for me. I will accept arguments of Carvalho over Adams, but McGrath is in. In fact, I'm going to just make the argument myself. I'm just going to go Carvalho because I, I would prefer him. Carvalho and, and, and McGrath. Um, for the North, then it's going to be heavily united and city dominated of course um but the best right back to play for a northern premier league team in the premier league era is marcus babel and while gary neville and zabaleta have claims that yeah they played for much much longer and whatever marcus babel at his best was better than either of those two dennis Irwin is the left back i think it's I think, if I'm honest, it's Stam and Van Dijk as the centre-backs. Now, that is with a massive bit of respect to Nemanja Vidic and Vincent Kompany. But I think Stam and Van Dijk are the two best centre-backs to play for Northern teams in the Premier League. Um, in midfield, I mean, it's Keane. I think it's Skulls. I'm going to put Gerard on the right. I would have Gerard over Beckham. I'm going to put Cristiano on the left. Shearer, 100%. And then that last striker spot. And that comes down to Rooney's worth mentioning because he's obviously scored so many goals. Salah, obviously. 
But I think if we go on this in the same way that I went on McGrath, just the best, it's Louis Suarez. It just is Louis Suarez. So for the North, I've got Schmeichel, Babos, Stam, Van Dyke, Irwin, Keane, Scholes, Jared Ronaldo, Wide, Shearer, and Suarez. And that is harsh on. Oh, do you know what? I'll I'll go for, I'll give it I'll go Aguero because just the longevity is impossible to ignore. It's impossible to ignore the longevity, and I, I think yeah, Babel, Stam, Van Dyke, Irwin. Gerard Keane, Scholes, Ronaldo, Shearer, and Aguero. Suarez, it was only really 18 months. Aguero's done it for 10 years. It's very hard to ignore that. It's very difficult to leave off David Silva as well. But I don't know who you'd leave out for David Silva. I mean, the argument would be Paul Scholes, but not for me. I, I, I Paul Scholes has become criminally underrated, by the way. Um, Marcus Babel is, is the one where he don't really did it for a year, so it does feel a bit much to put him in. But I'm going to stick with him there because I do think he is the best right back to play in the Premier League era, north or south. That year he was fully fit when he arrived from from Bayern Munich, he was literally world class. The only right backs in the world you're having a real argument has been better are Turam who was playing in a back three, I think at Parma. He might have gone to Juventus that year, but he was still playing in a back three. Um, Zanetti. And I don't, and maybe Cafu. Was that the year? That was the year Juve, uh, Roma won the title with Cafu right back, wasn't it? I think that's right. Oh, one. I think I'm right in saying that is the year Roma won the Serie A title. But either way, those are three of the greatest right-backs of all time. Yeah, I'm right. Turan played that season at Parma on the right of a back three. So he wasn't even playing as a back three. So you've got Cafu and you've got Zanetti. Babel was right up there with them. Um, Stam and Van Dijk, Irwin. Yeah, I think the Northern team beats the Southern team as well. The Southern team has an elite-level attack, Henri, Burkamp, and Hazard. And it's pretty great defensively as well. Look, it, it, that would be a hell of a game. A hell of a game. I think the worst player among the 22 is Aspi Laqueta, who's very, very good. Two great keepers, four great centre-backs, two great left-backs, four great centre-midfielders. Yeah, it would be unbelievable. Um, right, that is it. That is all for today i think that is 30 questions i think asked and answered so thank you as always for sending them in uh, if i have missed anybody's question <laughs> i've got one more that's just come in Sauron k i would like to float this new theory we bought ben D- liverpool bought ben davies mainly to support gerard's chances of winning the spl uh, yeah, there are many theories flying around among Liverpool fans uh, as to why Liverpool bought Ben Davies, who never gets a game. That's a good one. I think the league was over before that anyway, but that is a good one. Uh, I think I did miss one here. Uh, Fly asks, which goal was your favourite, the Lamella or the McNair? McNair, McNeil, sorry, Lamella or McNeil. 
Um, I would say I prefer McNeil's goal. I think there's more to that. But Lamella's is rarer to see. Um, Brian STL, best and worst away kits. Best things about the oldest grounds you've been to and best goals people don't remember. Uh, the best goal I think people don't remember was Davor Sucre for Real Madrid, I think against Sevilla. It was basically the Van, the famous Van Basten goal, but from the other side on his left foot. Um, that is one of the best goals I've ever seen, and nobody talks about it. So that would be that. Best and worst crazy away kit. It's not an away kit. It's a goalkeeper kit. It's There's a couple. There's the England uh, wine gums kit, which was just bananas. And then there was the Jorge Campos Mexican goalkeeper kit which was an aluminous offence on your eyes from a, about 94, I think. Uh, genuinely dreadful to look at. Worst away kits, I mean, I, I've never really liked Everton's away kits. Uh, I think they've had a few few stinkers. Liverpool have had a couple of stinkers as well. The uh, The toxic thunder thing from a few years ago was awful. Um... Yeah, this season. Yeah, that's true. This season's away kit is a bit is a bit awful as well. So, yeah, that that would be right up there. And then Mark Vaughan, what has Tuchel done at Chelsea to have such remarkable results? Is it sustainable? How do you attack them? He's given them a defined way of playing. He's developed patterns of play. He's developed a defensive structure. He's obviously got them talking to each other. Um, he's got confidence in the group. The group have confidence on him. I think that's massive. I don't think the, think the players bought into Lampard. I think they knew a spoofer. I think players know a spoofer. I think they knew Lampard was a spoofer. With Tuchel, he comes with a CV that you know is real. Uh, is it sustainable? Um, the the defensive record is not. There's They're just not going to go that long. Like Remember as well, this is a bizarre season where most teams are performing really poorly. Uh, with the exception of Manchester City, most of the league will be very disappointed with a lot of their performances. Even United in second will not be at all happy with their home form. So no, I don't think it's sustainable because I think next season we'll see teams back to more, you know, more along the lines of what they're capable of. How do you attack this Chelsea team? There are weak points in terms of ball players. So if you're playing, if you're playing a back three that's Aspilicueta, Christensen, and Rudiger, with say Reese James and Marcus Alonso as your uh, as their wing backs, when you have the ball, you want to be attacking that right back spot. Sorry, the, the left back spot because Alonso can't defend and he will be way up the field at a position. And Rudiger's not comfortable when he's dragged into wide positions. When they have the ball, you want to press on Rudiger. You have to press on Rudiger. You also have to focus in on the centre midfield. Unless it's Kovacic and Jorginho or Kante and Jorginho, if it's Kante and Kovacic, they're both going to want to go and attack together. So they're going, one of them at one point in the game you'll catch them out of position. So you need to be aware of where they are, play into the areas that they've vacated and expose the fact that they're not where they should be. 
that will leave you driving at the centre of defence where they're a little less protected than they are down the flanks. So you do, you do just have to time your moments and spot the weaknesses. The weaknesses are the left-side centre-back is always going to struggle when dragged out into that left-back channel because they don't have a left-footed centre-back at the club. He's always going to be a little bit uncomfortable out there. He'll never have played there. Like a lot of centre-backs when they're growing up will get put at full-back for a couple of games just to get them used to that. But right-footed centre-backs will get put at right-back. They won't get put at left-back. He's also not comfortable clearing off his left foot. If he is clearing off his left foot, the likelihood is he's clipping it into the stand and you're winning the ball back. You've got to press Rudiger or Zuma if it's him. If it's Zuma, even better, because he has no left foot. Press them when they move out into, into the wide areas. Press them in bunches, though. Don't just press one at a time. Don't just press the ball. Press the passing lane as well. You've got to cut out that off ball. When Liverpool played them, Liverpool allowed them, every time they had the ball in that area, he would panic, but he'd have a simple ball back across to Christensen. You need to cut that passing lane off. Teams need to get a bit smarter. If you look at Liverpool when they were really good, how they pressed, they didn't press the ball. They pressed the passing lane. They forced the defender or the defender or the foot player with the ball to make a decision. Where are you going to try and get put the ball now? You, your, your choice A is gone. Your choice B is gone. Choice C is your choice C because it's the third hardest pass you can you have available to you. Do you back yourself to make it? If they try and back themselves to make it, someone gambles, takes the ball, we win it back. I think, genuinely, there are going to come games where this Chelsea team will get exposed. I just don't think they'll happen in the Premier League because the Premier League is largely quite poor this season. Uh, that is it then. That is the show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for your questions. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Mr. Drinkle, fully uh, vaccinated now, so he is, don't you know. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Goodbye. Podcast Network.